A new acclamation for Advent on the first page of your program, which is an excerpt from Handel's Messiah. Our pastor, James Howell, is going to be speaking about these words, wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And you have a part to play. The choir's going to help you along, but we're going to learn your part first. You start with wonderful counselor, and starts here. Here's your pitch. Wonderful, ready, go. Wonderful, rest, rest. Counselor, rest, rest, go. The mighty Terrific, and it'll be great. Good. Let's just have the back two rows try it once. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The choir is going to lead you in. Evan's going to play three measures. They're going to sing, For unto us a child is born, and his name shall be called Led. That's your note. Name shall be called Led. That's you. Wonderful. Got it? Here we go. One shot.
Thank you, Bellissimo, for setting such a wonderful, perfect tone for our worship service. Good morning, friends. Welcome to our 11 o'clock service on this, the first Sunday of Advent. It's not the end of the year, it's the beginning of the year. How glorious to be together in worship. Welcome to those of you in the room, and we know there are many more who are joining us online. It's great to worship God together. It's the first Sunday of Advent. It is the 20th anniversary of our goodness, gracious gift shop. If you've not been buying a lot of stuff there, there's still time. <laughs> It's a great thing. Uh, we'll talk about them uh, in a few moments. Some of you are visiting with us. We are really honored that you have come, and we hope that you'll come back. And uh, please leave us some contact information. We'd love to reach out to you, see if we can pray for you in some way, begin the process of befriending one another. Uh, that would be a great thing. Uh, my name is James Howell, and I'm up front this morning with my friend and colleague, Reverend Nathan Arledge. What a joy it is to be with you all this morning. It just um, really bears just noting that we get to do this together. We get to worship together. We get to grow in our faith and get to do things in the community, such as helping support our youth ministry. If you've not gotten your Christmas tree yet, as soon as the service is over, you can head across the street. Um, and they have some Christmas trees left that you can um, purchase. All proceeds go to their mission efforts over the summer, so that's a great way to invest into the next generation and the current generation. Also, this evening at 4 o'clock and at 6 o'clock, uptown at First United Methodist Church, our annual Christmas concert will take place there. It's an incredible opportunity just to continue to help ready ourselves um, for the coming and the season of Advent. It's a great way also to reach out to somebody you might know that needs their spirits lifted a little bit to experience joy. So be invitational. Um, reach out to somebody and say, hey, come and join me. Now let us join God in this time of worship. reading as we light the first candle. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined.
let us continue to joyfully worship as we affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed, which can be found in your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Friends, it is our great privilege at the service to celebrate the sacrament of holy baptism, and Catherine and Asher Begley bring their son, Clement James, for the sacrament today. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated in Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. So friends, on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to renounce evil and repent of your sin? If so, say we do. Do you confess Christ as your Savior, put your trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord? If so, say we do. And will you nurture your child in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example they may be guided to accept God's grace for himself, profess their faith openly, and lead a Christian life? If so, say we will. And will you, members of Myers Park United Methodist Church, include this family now before you in your care? Will you proclaim the good news and live according to Christ's example? Will you surround this family with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their service to others? And will you pray for them? that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life. If so, say, we will. Friends, let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you so saved those on the ark through water. When you saw your people, people as captives in Egypt, you delivered them through the sea, their children you brought into the promised land through the Jordan. In the fullness of time, you sent your son Jesus. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. And he calls on his disciples to share on the baptism of his death and resurrection. Pour out your Holy Spirit now to bless this gift of water in him who receives it to wash away his sin and clothe him in righteousness throughout his life, that dying and being raised with Christ, he may share in your final victory. All praise to eternal Father through your Son, Jesus Christ, 
who with you in the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. I'm James Begley. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Like that for me. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Therefore, let your light so shine before others that they may glorify your Father who is in heaven. Child of God, as you grow in age, may you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We rejoice to welcome you to the family of God. who are coming into our church family. We rejoice for this. And so friends, we welcome you with the love of Christ and we are honored and excited that you will be with us on your journey toward a meaningful and humble service with and for God's kingdom. And so I'm gonna ask our friends to introduce themselves by name and where they are from. Mitchell Palais, Savannah, Georgia. Jessica Palais, Charlotte, North Carolina. Richard Green, Jamestown, North Carolina. Bishop, Charlotte, North Carolina. James Bishop, Charlotte, North Carolina. Brad Combs, my wife Kathy, and son Charlie, Charlotte. Jill Richardson, Charlotte, North Carolina. Pete Richardson, Charlotte. Amy Hardison, Charlotte. Paul Devine, Charlotte. Liza Devine, Charlotte. Ellis Dixon, Asheville. Tyler Moses, my wife Angel, and kids Austin and Adriana from Charlotte. Susan Johnson, Charlotte. Bobby Johnson, Charlotte. Chef Spade, Charlotte. Mitchie Spade, Charlotte. Suffolk, Virginia. From Suffolk, Virginia, originally. And so, friends, I ask you, will you strive with us to follow Jesus Christ, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve God's people and world? If so, say we will. 
And as members of the body of Christ here at Myers Park United Methodist Church, will you faithfully engage in ministry by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? If so, say we will. Now, family of God, I commend these new friends to your love and care. Will you do all in your power to encourage and walk with them as together we strive to increase our faith, confirm our hope, and grow in love and compassion? If so, say we will. We give thanks for all God has given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. May God continue to establish you and to strengthen you, that you may be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ as the newest members of our church family. Church family, let's welcome them. And now let us unite our hearts and our voices as we go before God and one another, offering our prayer of confession. Wonderful Counselor, we lay our foolishness and brokenness at your feet. Guide us into your wisdom. Mighty God, our pride and quest for power cause more harm than good. Open our hearts to your strength and weakness. Everlasting Father, Forgive us for straying far from our home with you. Restore our kinship with you, O God. Prince of peace, conflict, fear, and rancor plague us. Let us believe your promises and gifts of peace. O come, O come, Emmanuel, God with us. Hear the good news that Christ died for us while we were still sinners. This proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Old Testament reading is Isaiah chapter 11, beginning with the first verse. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, 
the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the girdle of his waist and faithfulness the girdle of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. This is the word of God for the people of God. A little over 2,700 years ago, Israel was uh, plunged into a terrifying national crisis. The Assyrian juggernaut had been uh, uh, leveling villages. Now they surround Jerusalem, breathing threats. really bad fortune. Israel at this point has a king who's a fool, Ahaz. They need good leadership, but they have a fool at this point. Isaiah the prophet fortunately has access to the corridors of power, so he comes to the king, and Ahaz Ahaz the king says, show me a sign from God. Show me a sign. He wants something like a massive thunderstorm to strike down the Assyrian army or, or a horde of angels to come down and fight for him. And what Isaiah says is, uh, there's a woman and she'll conceive a child. And we'll call his name Emmanuel. Call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah's not forecasting what's God, what God's going to do 700 years in the future. What he's doing is he's naming what God is always like. God is always like that. God's method isn't crushing foes. God's method is always vulnerable love, inviting tenderness and care. And the child's name is Emmanuel. What a cool name means God with us. Uh, Names. I'd love it if I had time to uh, ask each one of you, not just what is your name, but why do you have the name that you have? Uh, I don't think anyone has ever said to me, my parents randomly computer generated a name and it came out and that's why I'm called Beatrice or whatever. Uh, I'm named James. The reason is my mother and my father both had a grandfather named James, so I got that name. I've never been a Jim or a Jimmy or a Jamie. I don't really know why. We weren't a stuffy, formal family, but I'm just James. When Lisa and I had children, uh, we had several principles we wanted to use. The first was that we would give our children names that could not possibly be misspelled. So we began with Sarah. Nobody warned me. Uh, second uh, child, we agreed on the girl named Abigail for months ahead of time, and Lisa had a really difficult delivery, and the doctor said, it's a girl. And Lisa looked up at me and said, can we name her Grace instead of Abigail? I was in no position to argue. <laughs> Grace for Lisa's grandmother. I'm so, so grateful we used that name. And then third child, Noah, comes along. And uh, the, uh, the coolest thing, I think, was uh, our bishop 
phoned the hospital room, and Lisa was talking to him, and she said, it's a boy. And uh, Bev said, well, what's his name? And Lisa said, Noah. Pause, and then the bishop asked, how do you spell that? <laughs> it's a name. Uh, there's some optimism just in giving a child a name or in revealing what the name is. Each of our children, I would go out to the waiting room, I would tell Lisa's mom, it's Sarah, it's Grace, it's Noah. There's some glory in such a moment. Carl Sandburg wrote that a baby is God's opinion that life should go on, right? If you have a baby, you have to have some kind of confidence in the future that there's some good out there you just wouldn't bother, would you? Uh, studies show that you actually uh, look like your name. Uh, this is so interesting. Uh, David, for instance, uh, David, if they took your photo and showed it to five random people who didn't know you, 40% of them would pick David. Isn't that just so interesting? He, look, he looks like a David, doesn't he? And tell that. It's sort of a sacred trust. God in the Bible doesn't just know your name. God calls you by name. God looks like God's name in this nickname, Emmanuel. I love that. God with us. It's the baby in Isaiah's day. Jesus comes along. He gets that same nickname, God with us. God with us. We think we want something more or different from God, don't we? We think we want God to, uh, I don't know, insulate us from all harm or for God to prosper us so that we're ever more successful in life or, or whatever, but actually God is with us, and if you think about it, there's not anything greater than God's faithful presence and company. Uh, if you aren't sure about this, just ask an older person. I'd be happy to serve as one of them for you if you want me into that category. Talk to an older person as Christmas is coming and ask them, what do you want for Christmas? If they have a list of 10 items, Something's profoundly wrong with this person. Older people, if you say, what do you want for Christmas? The answer is always the same. There's just someone they want to be with them. And it's enough for them to be with them. But it actually applies to all ages. I've told some of you this story before when my daughter Sarah was a little girl. She was having one of those sick nights, and Lisa and I are taking turns, going into the room, plying her with Tylenol and so on. So I went in at one point, and I wiped her brow with a cold cloth, and as I was leaving, I said, honey, is there anything that you need? And she said, daddy, I just need you in here with me. I just need you in here with me. God is in here everywhere with us. Uh, the, uh, Handel's Messiah, I kind of got fixated on this. this uh, we're singing this thing at the beginning. I love that uh, at some point Handel's Messiah started, became popular, and one of these British lords uh, saw Handel, and he'd really enjoy the performance. And he said to him and said, wow, that was a great entertainment. I love Handel's response. He said, I should be sorry if I only entertained them. I wish to make them better. Uh, Hugh, you're doing music tonight. Do you hope to entertain these people? I mean, in a way, but if you come and say, oh, that was entertaining, you've kind of missed the point. The goal is for us to be better, for us to be holier, for us to be nobler, to raise our hearts all together to the very throne of grace. God wants to make us better. 
Uh, when I was learning to sing Handel's Messiah, I think I was maybe in middle school. Did middle schoolers sing that? Is that a thing? Anyway, uh, and it came to this thing that you sang at the beginning, and I was struck by, it doesn't say, and his name shall be called wonderful. No, it adds that extra syllable. Isn't that weird? And his name shall be called. We're thinking, what is that? But it suggested to me, like, this is something special. This isn't just saying he'll be called James. No, no, his name will be called, and it's not his name shall be called wonderful. There's a pause in there, isn't it? You got to wait. His name shall be called, wait, wonderful. And it's not wonderful, it's wonderful. I mean, this is just so cool. And the pause, I think, really matters. Advent, December, is a time for us to pause. And I hope you notice how weird it is for me to say such a thing to you, because I know what you're doing in your system. You're thinking, I got to eat my Wheaties, and I got to sleep well at night, because all day long I got to hustle, hustle, hustle. I got to shop. I got to rap. I got to entertain. I got to travel. I got to just, oh, and just, just go and go. And you know this. You know this. And you'll nod when I say, this is a season to be still. This is a season to be quiet. And you'll nod or maybe say amen, and you'll go out and start getting frantic. Like, I know you guys. But friends, this is the season to be still. It is the time to pause, and you can pause. Why? God is with us. God is with us. Everything's not defined by your feverish activity. Uh, I do think about, uh, if you've ever seen the best Christmas pageant ever, where the kind of maniacal, um, uh, totally dysfunctional family, the Herdmans, take over a Christmas play, and then they really make the Christmas play. (laughs) And I love uh, Imogene, here's this name, like his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Imogene says, my God, with a name like that, you never got out of first grade. (laughs) Which is pretty funny. The wonderful counselor, uh, the Hebrew, may better be translated, I like this, planner of wonders. Planner of wonders. Uh, Hugh, you've been planning a wonder for tonight. Y'all didn't just come and just kind of pick out some music and sing it tonight. You've been planning. Evan's been planning for the music. Planner of wonders. God is a planner of wonders. I told you two weeks ago about going to Niagara Falls, which I had never seen. My friend and I drove from Toronto there, and when we saw it, I told you this, that there were people, they had their phones up, and they were saying really eloquent things like, wow! One guy next to me used a four-letter word that cannot be repeated in church or anywhere else, really, except at Niagara Falls, I suppose. And I told you about my friend Rabbi Steve Sager, who took his children to Niagara Falls, and when they saw it, they didn't pull their phones up and say something brilliant like, wow, What it is, they recited a prayer that they had committed to memory when they were very young. And that that prayer was, Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, creator of wonders. See the difference? Creator of wonders. Wonders are all over. You don't have to drive the Canadian border or somewhere like that to find them. Uh, When uh, Nathan's daughter Cameron was born, Lisa and I went over to pay a visit. And uh, we came, we parked by the street, sat down on the front stoop. We missed a wonder that Carter, his son, did not miss. You walk by him all the time, don't you? What we had walked by, uh, Carter, so cool. 
He plucked a dandelion and brought it and presented it like it was a bag of gold to Lisa. It just wonders everywhere. I love what Annie Dillard wrote about growing up in Pittsburgh. Uh, she would take pennies, her precious pennies, she called them. And she would take them out and hide them, but not really. Uh, she would cradle one in the roots of a sycamore tree, or she'd take another penny and she would put it in a crack in the sidewalk where it's chipped off. And then she would take a piece of chalk and would draw big arrows on the sidewalk. And after she learned how to write, she would write, surprise ahead, surprise ahead. I love that. Here's what she wrote about that. I was greatly excited during all this arrow drawing at the thought of the first lucky passerby who would receive in this way, regardless of merit, a free gift from the universe. The world is fairly studded and strewn with pennies cast broadside from a generous hand. Our God is the planner of wonders, and God made us to notice the wonders and to rejoice and to be glad. Um, our church is a wonder. I never want us to brag on our church, but I also don't want you to take it for granted. This is a special place. It is a wonder that God has created. We create wonders within the church. You have the music. There's a very different wonder that we're planning for eight days from now. Bill Roth is leading our Hope and Consolation service. And the wonder is, during tis the season, to be jolly, you can come here and light a candle and cry your eyes out, and nobody will wonder what's wrong, because we'll come and you'll express your grief, your sorrow over someone you've loved and lost, maybe in the past year, maybe 40 years ago, and the pain during this season is just so intense, raw once again. Our church is planning winners. Goodness gracious, goodness gracious, our goodness gracious store, it's pretty amazing. Uh, you buy stuff in there, and it seems like you buy stuff, but actually what you're doing is, this is amazing, uh, the money that they've made over the past 20 years in goodness gracious, they've raised over half a million dollars to go out the door in mission. Absolutely amazing. But I think the greater wonder about goodness gracious, I think, when I first came here as pastor, I heard we had a gift shop, and I thought, oh, gift shop, I don't know. One of the women in there said, um, the beauty of the gift shop will be this. Someone will come in, and they'll just need somebody to listen to them. And in this gift shop, we will listen. It's a wonder to behold. So many wonders. Uh, the great wonder, I suppose, is really uh, you and the other guy. I told you this. I don't know what you see when you look in the mirror. I, I looked in a mirror this morning. I didn't linger. I just looked at it. I shaved, I think. I brushed my teeth. Uh, I wonder how my hair... I'm worried now. How's my hair looked? I looked in the mirror. Get my hair organized. What do, what do you see when you look in that mirror? And... What the Bible says is that God's the planner of wonders, and you are one of them. I told you last week, you have more neurons in your brain than there are stars in the Milky Way. Hmm? And not just that. You have dreams. You have wounds. You have memories. You have hopes. You have love. You have all, all that. And I try to remember that sometimes in Charlotte, and I'm getting like, oh, Charlotte drivers need driving lessons. I'm doing that number, which doesn't help. 
I try to look over at the driver next to me and I try to think, that's somebody with all those neurons in their head and they have dreams and wounds and stories. So you go to the airport, you're passing people heading to your gate. You think you're just heading somewhere, but each one of those people, each one is this complex and multifaceted and fragile as you are. That's why God became one of us. God did not become one of us so that you could be a better shopper. God not, did not become one of us so you could be a better golfer. God not, did not become one of us so you could be better at binging on TV. God did not come so that you could be a better decorator at Christmas. God came so that you could be tender, like with other people and with yourself, and so that you could be still and know that God is God. Here, here's the last thing real quick, and I'll be done. Uh, it does say wonderful counselors. I've been thinking about the counselor business. Uh, I should have a show of hands, but I won't ask for it. How many of you have been for counseling? Every one of you should have been for counseling. Although it's not all wonderful, is it? I think about the Peanuts cartoon. Uh, Lucy would always hang up her shingle that says, psychiatric help, five cents. I love the one where Charlie Brown comes, and he sits down and he says, Lately, I just have sunk into a terrible depression. I'm just sad all the time. I don't know what to do. Lucy, the psychiatrist, says, snap out of it and give me five cents. <laughs> we could all benefit from a wonderful counselor. And the thing is, even if you said to me, I've never been for counseling, this is false. You're all always going for counseling all the time. Every day, every hour, you are going for counseling. TV, chatter of people around you, Facebook, whatever it is that you listen to, it is counseling you. It is telling you this is the good light. This is what you must have. Here is how you are inadequate. Here's something that you must just strive to be. And it goes on and on. There's a racket in our heads. You're just getting this, you're getting bad counseling all the time. And we need some healing counseling. We need some wonderful counseling. And it's all, it's all there through Scripture. God's prophets, John the Baptist, Paul, they're all like the greatest therapists ever, and they have great counsel for us. They say things like, you can be still, you can rest, you are enough, you belong. Paul says your body, what did you see in the mirror today? Paul says your body... Like the world's telling you your body's too fat, it's too something. But Paul says, your body is a temple of God's Holy Spirit. Like, it's pretty good counsel. Like, that body? Yeah. Temple of the Holy Spirit. Such better counsel. Uh, God's counsel advises us to be generous, to be good, to be kind, to be holy. It's counseling that brings life, not discouragement or hollowness. I'll close with this. The... I wish I could hear the story of your name. The one thing that I do know about your name before you tell me is this, is that your name, your name, Isaiah, later in this book, Isaiah says that your name is graven, and that word means tattooed. Your name is tattooed on the palm of God's hand. Like you might feel forsaken, you might feel forgotten, you might feel lost. You might feel really cool and hip. I'm making it in the world. <laughs> My friends, your name is on the palm of God's hand. God is with you. You are with God. I just can't think of better news. And his name will be called Emmanuel, 
God with us, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, we offer ourselves to you this Advent season. We admit that we may struggle to enter this time peacefully. Rather than a season of waiting, we find ourselves running around creating lists and focusing on anything but you, O oh God. Help us to center ourselves on you, to allow your peace to be our peace. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, help us to seek you in our lives. Help us to ask ourselves what you are calling us toward rather than how the world is shaping, counseling, and forming us. When the world says more things, help us to hear your voice saying more love, more peace, more grace, more of you, Lord. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, this time of year has so much joy, yet the grief and sorrow of the world continues to cling to us. Be with those who are grieving. May their aches be felt by you, O God. Be with those who are depressed. May their breathlessness be met with your life. Be with those who are anxious. May their fear be met with your comfort. May we be empowered and inspired to support those among us who need care this season. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, may your gentle hand continue to guide us in all that we do. May we be formed by you in the prayer that your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Friends, as we come to collect the offering, I'll remind you of uh, every year here in our church, as in many churches, uh, the vast majority of our income for the year comes in on the very last month. Know that it is needed, so let us give and give generously so we can continue to be God's church, uh, a thing of wonder. Thank you.
that is good comes from you. We offer these blessings to you. Heavenly Father, today we ask your blessing on all of the students, teachers, and administrators at our school partners. We are grateful for all of the adult and youth volunteers who give their time each week. Be with everyone involved with our school partnerships this holiday season and throughout the school year. Amen.
love those words that we just sang. I'm looking for the coming of Christ. I want to be with Jesus. Uh, that's our journey during this Advent season. By the way, the music thing tonight, some of you, you will have never done this. And let me tell you, uh, this is a wonder to behold. So if you don't know, we go to First Methodist downtown because it's huge. It's four times the size of this. So we can have mass choirs. We can have orchestra. It's absolutely amazing. Four o'clock, six o'clock, there's a shuttle that goes from here. You can take your own car. It's on North Tryon Street between 8th and 9th. They have a parking deck. Turn on 9th Street between Tryon and Church Street. Turn in the deck. We'll have signs there. Do come. It is just a glorious thing. It's just such a joy. Uh, we couldn't have the season without it. So friends, now may the grace of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us, both now and forevermore. Amen.